Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller, journalist, pundit and author. The gender agenda is out now and we'll make a fine stocking filler for any feminist or person who needs to be schooled in feminism in your life. Um, and next year you can give them Dad's Turn, the book I have signed up to write a signed contract at the weekend. Um, I am very delighted to be joined again on this week's podcast by Julia Rampen. Julie to her friends, right? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the New Statesman. Hello. Hello. And I'm always delighted to welcome somebody new. And this week we have Danielle Rowley, Labour MP for Midlothian. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Uh, let's start with this. PMQs in review. I thought it was quite a good PMQs this week. Uh, highlights, Danielle, anything stand out for you at PMQs I mean, one of my big issues is universal credit, so it was great to oh, see yes. Jeremy going on that and uh, the government being really weak on it again. So that was my, I wouldn't say highlight, but uh, that was the most interesting bit for me. Lots of people brought that up. Uh, who do we have? Stephen Lloyd, Tracy Bribin... Uh, Drew Hendry, who uh, his constituency is a pilot area for it. I don't think it was a good look for the Tories to have a little giggle when he said, oh, I, I had a summit about universal credit and some of them went, oh. They were kind of laughing at Tracy Braben as well when she was mentioning her constituent. There was a little eye roll going were on. They? Yeah, because I was watching was on the TV. Awful. I uh, forget, what was it? They, oh, yeah. Because um, they didn't have um, uh, photo ID. If you look at Theresa May's face when she's talking, there's this kind of eye roll that... Really? Is, I don't know whether it's just very good camera work by the BBC, but it looks bad. Yeah. Um, in the BBC's defence, it's not the BBC that do the camera angles. Well, whoever was <laughs> they get, the camera. They get enough abuse for it, but it's not, they always, it's not actually yeah. it's out of their hands. Yeah, but, no, but there was a lot of laughter and cheering at quite was, sensitive subjects today. I mean, there usually is, but um, I think even the speaker seemed quite annoyed about it today. Yeah, he was quite... He was quite it was quite a, a sort of uh, a lively session. I mean, you mentioned uh, Jeremy Corbyn brought up Universal Credit. Jeremy Corbyn brought up everything this week. Yeah. Was he that... actually looked like he was enjoying it. You know, I'm listening to Ed Miliband's podcast at the moment where he just complains about how much he hated it every week. And this time he did look like he was enjoying, particularly the tweet about the member from Uxbridge. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that was, a, that was uh, a good one. This was um, on crime and police funding, and he mentioned that Boris, Os- Boris Osborne. <laughs> there's a, there's a well. Freudian slip. <laughs> Boris Johnson has complained about uh, his local police station closing. It's, uh, I mean, why are people going to figure out Twitter? Yeah. Why are people going to realise if you put stuff on Twitter, it gets read? Yeah. It's amazing. We're not all Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, Jeremy Corbyn brought up an awful lot of things. Was this... Uh, a good strategy. Uh, probably best to ask Julia on this one. I suspect uh, I don't want Danielle to say. I mean, was it just a pre-budget thing where I'll just cover off lots of stuff? I think it looked good actually because the way that he went for Boris Johnson, who everyone hates now, he went for universal credit. I think everyone unites. hates Boris Johnson. <laughs> okay, Boris you might Johnson like to believe so, <laughs> but a lot of Tories I think would like him a lot. And uh, Boris Johnson obviously likes himself a lot. That's so. true. Um, but you know. Uniting perhaps quite a cross-party alliance on Boris Johnson and then the universal credit and uniting pretty much everyone on the opposition benches, no matter which party. Um, And I think generally looking like he was enjoying it, whether he was or not. And Theresa May, I thought, okay, sometimes she came back 
quite strongly, but mm. she seemed to be in defensive mode. And there was a couple of things that she could have been pushing Labour on, but she never really got there. Yeah, I thought it was like a score draw this week. Sometimes it's a no-score draw. I thought Jeremy went on too long, frankly. I think he, he desperately needs a sub-editor. He needs somebody to t- tighten up those questions. It was like moments where he'd come back and you're like, just leave it at that, you've got her on the ropes. And she's, you know, Theresa May's Theresa May. She's not really very good at this, let's face it. But she was all right this week. It felt... I don't know. I, probably if you're a Tory, you thought Theresa May won, and if you're Labour, you think Jeremy Corbyn won. Would that be fair to say? Do you think Jeremy yeah, Corbyn won? Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy, I think it was good going on a broad range of topics because it, it shows that there are so many failings at mm. the moment yeah. of the government. I think Theresa May, you know, to give her credit, which I wouldn't usually do, she's doing remarkably well for the state that her party and government are in. So <laughs> That's very big of you. Yeah, I know. I'd give her a bit of a pat on the back on that one. Um, you know, I'd be expecting someone in that position to be doing a lot worse at at being questioned. Um, yeah. So, yeah, pat, pat on the back on that, but... Um, but oh. not really for a good reason. No, still, there's my headline. Gosh, <laughs> given Theresa May back in the back. Uh, anything stand out for you particularly, Julia? Actually, what stood out for me was a Scottish voice putting forward quite a right-wing question. What, Paul Masterton? Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting... Should, should we try and figure out what that question was all about? Because obviously he's one of the rebels. It was on the front yeah. page of the Daily yeah, Telegraph Yeah, his today. nicely scrubbed up face as part of the mutineers. <laughs> yeah, he's a mutineer, yeah, according yeah. to the Daily Telegraph. So it was interesting to see what he was going to ask about. And he asked about a Romanian immigrant who did a very horrible crime yeah. and what sort of what's going to be done about it. Uh, what does that all mean in terms of internal Tory politics? Is he reacting to being called a Brexit, to being called a mutineer and trying to burnish his right-wing credentials? Or... Maybe he just really cares about the issue. I yeah, I can't imagine that he's having a lot of pressure to be pro-Brexit and East Renfrewshire. No, that's um, true. So, I mean, it, did, it was a pretty horrific case that yeah. he mentioned. Mm. It's just interesting because I don't think we've heard those kinds of cases being raised by people in yes. the Scottish yeah. seats for a while. Yeah. Um, because the SNP is so focused on showing how the Home Office immigration policies are too hardline. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I just thought it was... A, good reminder that there are Scottish Tories mm-hmm. and also um, yeah I I think in terms of the question I mean actually I don't know how much it says about Scott politics because you always think of Ruth Davidson as leading the more liberal wing yes. but then maybe it's a reminder that actually Ruth Davidson doesn't control all of the Scottish Tories and they have their own minds yeah absolutely Masterton I've heard good things about I confess I've not actually met him yet have you met the, the Scottish Tories Danielle are you knocking around with them yes well I'm on the Scottish Fears Committee course, with yes. some of them and he is one um, I've had quite a few Tories interested in my suitcase so I was trying to carry what? my suitcase down a spiral staircase as you know there are many of them in Parliament yeah. and Jacob Rees-Mogg appeared and tried to help me carry them down the stairs and I, I was a, a bit um defensive of my suitcase and wouldn't let him touch it but then I was on a, a tube with Paul Masterton and he offered to, to help me take my case to my hotel um, which I also politely declined but he seems quite a nice boy maybe in the wrong party I'd, I'd suggest <laughs> ooh, ooh, okay. he was, I interviewed him because I went to Paisley just before the snap election was called and mm. I talked to him then on the phone because I came down and then uh, back to London and then I realised that this snap election was happening so um, he <laughs> was um yeah very pleasant and also um i think having a lot of doors slammed in your face does do something for humility so yeah um, that's he, true. yeah he that's came across point. as well-rounded 
Yeah, well, he's in an interesting area, I suppose. Like you say, he's going to get doors slammed in his face in his constituency. He just won it. Some of the northeast ones, perhaps, had an easier ride and are less less uh, humble, <laughs> from what I've heard. Would that be fair to say? Have you, some of the Scottish Tories not very humble? I, I, well, I mean, they're Tories, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> True enough. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting one, that. And... Um, just in terms of, as you say, the sort of the Scottish element, the Scottish Tory element to this. Uh, Ian Blackford, get a bit bored of this every week, but he was a bit rubbish again, wasn't he? He's not. He's not. Is he just not as good as Angus, or is he just a bit rubbish? I miss Angus Robertson. Yeah. I have to say. Um, I like Ian. He's a nice man. I mean, he's quite a nice man, but <laughs> but uh, he's not great at this PMQ's business. And obviously, he raised the fact that Police Scotland uh, pay VAT. Do we know why Police Scotland pay VAT? Well, this is the point. It's an odd thing for them to bring up time and time again and to point out that, you know, Scotland are the only area where this has happened. But, I mean, the SNP were warned that if they centralised the police services... Well, I thought Westminster just picked on Scotland happen. and went, oh, we're going to pick one police force. You know, it's a, an easy argument, right? But, um, but no, I think it's... It is quite an odd thing to keep going on when... He's the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's raised it this week because we all know it's going to get fixed in the budget, right? This is absolutely nailed on going to happen. It was a kind of slow motion trick question as well. Yeah, but it wasn't a very good trick. Angus used to do that. He used to do the one too. He'd set her up with something that she had to sort of say, well, that's, I agree with that. And then he'd go, ah, but you're stealing all the money from, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, of course she said, well... I've had good representations from my Scottish Tory chums and that's why it's going to get fixed. Um, do we think this budget is going to be one of the most pork barrel budgets ever? I think Scotland's going to get a lot of treats for behaving itself and voting for Tories this time. <laughs> is that fair, do you think? Um, I've, I mean, I've been looking more at the macro finance side. I've been looking what? at some of the IFS <laughs> reports and they're they're kind of um, slightly scary. So what the country's we, bust. Yeah, yeah. So we might get pork barrel budget, but that also is going to worry me in quite a lot of ways. Yeah, I think the West Midlands are going to do very well as well because they voted for Andy Street. I suspect there's a, there's a Tory up in Middlesbrough as well, isn't there? The Tory mayor. So I suspect they'll get given something. I I just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being far too cynical. I think it's going to be lots of goodies handed out. Um, Let's talk about, since we're talking about Scotland, so we've got Danielle here, we've got to talk about Scottish Labour. Uh, we're going to touch Scottish Labour. We'll have a new leader on Saturday. Yeah. Not long. Um, let's first of all cover off what happened this morning, because it hasn't got a deputy leader, because Alex Rowley, who just happens to be your dad, which must be a bit awkward, um, has stepped aside due to allegations which he entirely refutes. Um, embarrassing. Have you got comment on that situation? No, not here to talk about my dad. Or your, well, your deputy leader no. in that hat. Is it awkward to separate those two different roles out? Um, not really, because I think, you know, I've my colleagues aren't continuously asked about him. It's only me. Yeah. And from when the election was called, I've been very clear that I'm not here to talk about my dad. I'm my own person and my own right, so... Well, I read in the uh, New Statesman that you get your politics from your mum, anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an ideal situation, basically, Scottish, Scottish Labour, I'd suggest, at the moment. Um, is it going to get fixed? Well, all right, let's, let's come back to that. Let's start with Saturday. Who's going to win? Richard. Is he really going to win? 
I think so. I think that um, from all the members that I've spoken to and all the phone banking I've done and being out and about chatting to members, they, they're really excited by him. A lot of them didn't know him very well before. Mm. Some people hadn't heard of him before. And from what they've seen and what they've heard, they've been really excited by him. And um, a lot of people have said, oh, he feels like he'd be a safe pair of hands and we need someone safe and sensible and someone that's going to bring the party closer together and bring us into government. So I think he's he's the choice for most people I've spoken to. Um, is he going to win, Julia? Uh, that's what I've heard from pretty much everyone, except someone I spoke to last night who said that they'd heard that it might be closer. But I have heard that's one person in um, probably the other nine that I've spoken to recently thought Richard Leonard was going to win. Was that person a Dugdaleist? No, they weren't. Oh, OK, that's interesting, because I've heard quite a few people say, well, it's going to be close, but it tends to be people who are wishing it's going to be close. Yeah. People actually think it is. We shall see. Um, I mean, one thing that I do think is interesting with the Scottish Labour leadership election, and I'm not sure it's even to do with Labour as much as social media, but there was quite a few people said to me they felt this was not a happy contest. Yeah. And I interviewed both um, Richard and Annas, and I found them both very pleasant. I didn't... Mm. didn't get any feeling that Richard would be encouraging um, any kind of social media abuse but I did come across people who had faced that mm. in yes, among party members and I think that's the other thing that surprised me is someone who told me um, you know there were these people saying things suggesting things about me and I assumed that they meant someone anonymous and they said no it's someone that's my Facebook friend Yes. Um, so I do wonder whether it's stuff that always went on but now it's written down and visible on social media has it been a nasty I campaign? Know what you would think. I think the the official campaigns and the campaigns teams mm. and the candidates, you know, as Julia said, have been really quite friendly and nice about each other. Um, mm. My colleague Martin Whitfield, mm. um, he's chairing Anas's campaign. Course, I'm yeah. chairing Richards, and we got on really well. You know, there's mm-hmm. not been a bad word said between us. So I think the the campaigns and the candidates have been quite pleasant about each other, mm. and. Um, but, you know, people get passionate about what they think is the best way forward. So I think it's a shame that there has been some nastiness in social media. Um, and I'd always encourage people not to do that. Um, you, of course, I don't know if we said yet, yeah, you chaired Richard's campaign, or still do chair yeah, uh, yeah. Richard's campaign until Saturday. Um, are you happy? Are you proud of everything in that campaign? Is there anything you would change about it six weeks on from it starting? Oh, good question. I don't think so. I think we've come up with some really good policy and I think that's been a strength of the campaign is we've actually developed policy and we've come up with new ideas. So I think that's something that, you know, a lot of leadership campaigns sometimes don't do. Um, so I think I'm, I'm really proud that we've done that. And yeah, I don't think I'd change anything. Um, on Saturday, whoever wins... What happens next? Because as I say, I mean, there is a, a feeling that Scottish Labour has imploded. You know, you had a good result, obviously, in June, um, and then Kezia presses the detonate button and everything's gone to hell over the last few weeks, is the sort of the, the impression from the outside, perhaps. Um, what is going to happen after Saturday? Is there going to be a great coming together, or is Anna Sawa going to get put in a wicker man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, whatever Labour does to losing candidates. I think that no matter what happens, we absolutely have to learn from our mistakes, learn from any past divisions, but have a almost a fresh start and 
you know, everyone okay, needs what to... What will happen? I mean, that's what should happen. Yeah. But is that actually realistically going to happen after what has been... I mean, I know you say it's not been a nasty campaign. There, there has been divisive it, you know, the camps have been different let's face it they've got different views so that somehow that's going to have to be um, either you know, brought together or uh, I don't know just accommodated post Saturday I think that everyone in Scottish Labour and especially elected members have such a desire for us to be able to effect change the best way we can and to get into government so I, th- I think and I hope that there'll be a genuine coming together of everyone to you know, achieve our, our bigger goals. Do you think Scottish Labour's better place to get into government on Sunday than it was the day before Kez resigned? I think that we've had a good look at ourselves and I think this campaign's been a chance to explore policy, explore what we do and hopefully through that it's been a learning process. So yeah. Has so. Richard said to you that if I win, no matter what, I will stay leader for more than like 18 months or something? <laughs> We've not had that chat, but Richard's someone who... Are you telling me Richard Leonard could quit a a year from (laughs) now? Is that what you're saying? I've not asked him that, but I think it's because I know that he's someone that's in it for the long game and that he's someone who's going to see it through and make sure that even if there are hard times, we'll get through them and we'll get into government. Is he a Corbynista? You know, he always says, he, how can he be a Corbynista when he's been around for so long? He, he says, I'm a bit too long in the tooth to be a Corbynista. Um, but no, he... Anybody I mean, can be a Corbynista. Jeremy's our leader, so of course it would be really bizarre for him not to think he's our, our democratically elected leader. He agrees with most of his policy, so yeah. Are you a Corbynista? Again, I keep getting, getting called that. I spoke at a dinner last week and someone asked me this, and I said, I've got a photo of me... I'm less than a year old and I'm in a pram and on the hood of my pram is Labour rosettes. So I've been campaigning since birth. And I said that, you know, the Labour Party is truly a party from from cradle to grave because on that same day that I spoke at the dinner, I took my granda into a care home. Mm. And when he went in the care home, he said to all the nurses, now, I'm a Labour man, so, you know, no messing with me here. And he said, Danielle, always tell everyone that you're a Labour woman because then they won't they won't mess with you because they know that you're in the <laughs> Labour Party. So, I mean, no, my, my family on both sides have been Labour Party activists mm. and, and I have been since I was really young. So I think Jeremy's fantastic. I'm behind him 100%, but my politics go beyond that. Well, then you're a Corbynista. <laughs> you saying, I, uh, I, on the other hand, have received the unofficial Jeremy Corbyn album. It was sent to me what? at work. What? Yeah, <laughs> so I am the only true Corbynista on this. What's the unofficial Jeremy Corbyn album? Yeah, it was sent share. to me. It's Does he like sing? A, well, it's uh, apparently according to the album, there were previous albums. You know, 1988, 1999. <laughs> what? What is it? It's like you know, um, the Beano and the Dandy Christmas album. Oh, like a book. Yeah. I was thinking like oh. a music album. Yeah, I was thinking, why was I not in this band? Yeah. Oh. Well, you can. It has many things. It has a Corbyn crossword. It has uh, wow. several short stories about allotments. <laughs> <laughs> wow! It's got, this is it's got several uh, cut out and keep masks. Right after you've bought the gender agenda, then you're going to buy the Jeremy Corbyn album for your stocking filler. Yeah. Is it widely available? It list? was just sent to me by um, some weirdo some... just put it together. It was... like, stuck it together with like Pritstick and Pritstick, stuff. Yeah. It just arrived in a brown envelope, and I opened it, and there it was. 
Wow, uh, that's a bit weird. I need so to find I'll, out where to get this. It's that like the Hogwarts great. letter. You only get it if you're a tree queen. Well, then why did you get sent it? Were they trying to educate you, or did they think you were a fellow traveller? Or... I think, I, yeah, I've been chosen. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, this haven't. is amazing. Yeah, I'm really sad that um, I've not been pictures, chosen. <laughs> I want pictures of this tweeted. So I want to see this thing. I did tweet a few, but I can, oh, okay. um, I'll, I'll find them for you. Absolutely, guys. it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be an album. Like, remember, there was a Tony Benn album, a record. Wow. There was a, a CD of Tony Benn's speeches over ambient music. Oh. I've got it at home somewhere. It's, uh, that should know. be your podcast jingle. Yeah, yes. uh, well, no, because I'm, of course, entirely impartial. <laughs> right, I just happen to own a CD of Tony Benn. Mary ben. Black would like it. Uh, well, would she? Would she? Would Mary Black like it? Oh, there's a question. Do you get on with the SNP? Uh, yeah, I've never actually met Mary Black because she's. She hides away. I think I've only seen her once yeah. in Parliament. Um, but I get on, you know, there's some really good politicians in their group that I get on well with. Who? Um, Hannah Bardell. You're she's ruining very people's nice. reputations. You're mending um, your own reputation <laughs> by saying Theresa May's all right and some of the SNP are okay. Oh, I didn't say Theresa May's all right. You gave I her said a pat she's, the back. A, she's well, doing well for being such a disaster. <laughs> no, um, H- Hannah Bardell, um, yeah. Stuart MacDonald. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, um, they're good. They're doing what, what they think's best. We disagree on yeah. some things, but... Um, Working but, yeah, together no, for think, Scotland and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Um, just back on Scottish Labour, um, Julia, how, how bad is it for Scottish Labour at the moment, would you say? I mean, um, with no I leader to... or deputy leader for the next few days at least, it's yeah. quite, quite bad. I, mean, I don't see a lot of activity. I, I don't usually allow swearing on this podcast, but yeah. I will on this occasion. Stephen Daisley says that it's terrible and it's the worst thing ever. Well, on the plus side, you can't have a leadership coup between now and Saturday, That's nor true. a deputy leadership coup. Yes, well, just on the deputy leadership, it's genuinely considered that there should be a female deputy, perhaps, if there's going to be a male leader. And maybe Richard might turn to the person who's chaired his campaign, perhaps. I don't know. Would that be possible? Is that likely? People ready for another Rowley? That's the question. <laughs> well, would you do it if you were asked? Would you be interested? I would, yeah, I'd be interested. I think it's something, um, you, you know, the, the whole question on whether we should have uh, women as deputy, I find quite interesting because... Inas has said he would create two deputies so there'd be an extra position yeah. to get a woman in and that's in response to no women standing for leader. Yeah. But actually there was a position open and no women applied for it so we don't need extra positions, that's not what the issue is. We need there to be more opportunities for women within the party to get trained up and to feel confident to go for these positions and I think that's happening and I know Richard has big plans to make that happen more and to encourage more women to stand for positions but I don't think extra positions is the answer. I would say also and um, you were saying about how bad it is for Scottish Labour I mean I was up just before Kezia resigned in mm. Lewis and Glasgow and it was um, with Jeremy Corbyn's tour mm. and uh, okay. there was one moment where um, I actually I asked him what he remember like would remember most about Scotland, and he said something about you know learning about the poverty in parts of Glasgow. At which point, a local reporter said, "Well, Labour's been in power here for fifty years." <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and I think there is still a need for a facelift for Scottish Labour. And when I spoke to people in Glasgow, they said they liked Corbyn, but they didn't trust Scottish Labour because they consider it being mired in a lot of these mm. politics. And I think actually some younger female politicians might be part of that message yeah. that actually this is a different generation. Yeah. And people like Monica Lennon, I think, are very mm. interesting. They're doing campaigns that ha- get a lot of interest and yeah. are distinctly different from old school yes. tribal politics. Uh, basically, a period of calm would be welcome from Scottish Labour, right? <laughs> if they could manage that. that 
hasn't happened in the past. Um, people are very passionate. I think it's hard to be calm, but yeah, maybe we can start afresh come Sunday and um, club together and see what we can do about getting into government. Yeah, be passionate about getting into government. There's a thing. I went to see. Uh, have you been to see Labour of Love? Yes, I have. Yeah. Well, there's a thing, eh? There's a. There's, that's a whole <laughs> different discussion, man. About whether you should get into power. Have you been to see Labour of Love? I was going to, and then I looked at the tickets, and they were like seventy-five pounds cheapest. Matter. Get one. Really? If there there are was... ten-pound tickets that come up occasionally. Oh, so yeah, keep your eye yeah, out. Uh-huh. If you keep going back, but even I, I would, I would say it's worth spending seventy-five quid on a ticket for. It's that good. It is very and good. And it's, you know, good. as far as Labour politics go, it's This like, is one of oh. the annoying things that I knew about ages ago because Helen, my editor, is a huge fan mm. of James Graham. So it's one of those things that I know I could have got the £10 ticket if I'd just been more organised. Yeah. I don't know if they release. I don't know when they release them. Anyway, I, still, it's worth spending the money on because it's, you know, if you want to know about Labour politics and, you know, should you get into power, should you stick to your principles, or maybe everybody has to compromise. That's what I thought the, the re- end result was, wasn't it? Yeah. It's that Corbyn yeah. Easters, if you want to call them that, and Blairites, again, if you want to call them that, everyone needs to compromise. Just That's, like any relationship. Yes, yeah. Because it's all about relationship. Anyway, uh, go and see it, basically. Um, should we talk about names? Why Just, not? I want to rant about names, <laughs> and you want to rant about names. Julie. Oh, you, 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 claimed you were complaining on Twitter that you don't like being called Julie. Well, yes. And um, there's a couple a of Juliest. times that I've replied to people and said, it's Julia. Yeah. Because I get a lot of emails a day from people who address Just, me with... Why? Um... Well, in this case, it was someone that I really wanted them to help me out with something. But the, so, the, your email address is Julia. Yes. So why would they Sometimes, call you Julia? Well, then the other thing is Julian. You're dealing with too many idiots. Yeah. I've had Julian. Oh. And I then, get Daniel a lot. And here's the question. What? One thing that I hadn't considered is um, because one of my colleagues has a name that a lot of people don't know whether it's male or female. They actually um, get much more respectful emails addressed. I bet. So actually, um, yeah, I, I never occurred to me that people would see my email, Julia, and somehow think, Julian, it must be a Julian because they're worrying about politics. What's wrong with Julian? be a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're desperately both trying to drag (laughs) me on to gender politics. Listen, we haven't got all day. You know I can go all day on gender. Do you find there's a difference in how Yeah, yeah, because I sometimes get Dear Sir. um, But yeah, I often get Dear Daniel and, you know, people addressing me as a man, which... Which I, I never enjoy, and I sometimes get dear Danny as well, which I always think yeah. odd. Yeah, well, this is the thing: is like, are you Daniel or are you Daniel? Daniel. Daniel. That's a new name I just invented one. right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, as you say, your Twitter Twitter handle is Danny, but yeah. you are Danielle. Which MP has and the silliest name? What in the house? That's very mean, but yeah. Marcus Fish. <laughs> Peter Bone. He's both. He, also, he's a very silly man, and Peter Bone's a very silly man as well. Some I like the way the speaker says. He's like, Mr. Bones, that's a good one. I remember when he went through that phase where every time he asked a question, it was about what would happen if David Cameron died in some kind of horrible yes. accident. And he goes, he's the one who goes on about Mrs. Bone as well, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, it was Mrs. Bone was asking me again what yes. would happen if David Cameron was, yeah. you know, um, who would take over? Um, but just to be clear, what's wrong with Julie? You bullied by Julia or something at school. You've got some issue with something no, called Julia. No, well, it's an A, not my name. <laughs> well, fair enough. B, there is an Ali G song that goes... Oh, Julie. Julie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't need to encourage that. And also, I'm, all, I'm battling against two fronts here because I also get Jules, which, again, is not my name. That's cool, though, isn't it? No. It... Isn't that like a cool... It's like when I try to be Jim because that's cool. You're but... just not down with the kids. Yeah, Jules. Jim oh, was never cool. Well, I think Jim is. Jim's cooler than James, put it that way. If you change your name to Jim, I'm calling you Uncle Jim. Well, Uncle, exactly. Uncle Jim sounds nice. <laughs> Uncle James sounds a bit 
I don't know. Stuck up. Nobody's called James, are they? I don't, you don't get many James. Lots of lots of Jameses on the Tory benches. James mm. Cleverly. Other I don't know other ones. You do yeah. have a pocket square. Maybe it's it's you being called James. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I didn't. I, do you know when I got this jacket, I took my pocket square out because I thought it was really poncy. But then people said, "Oh, it's quite good, quite nice that." So I put it back in. Have you spotted Jeremy Corbyn wearing his tweed jacket that he bought in the Island? No, Woods? I haven't actually. Because I saw, he, I knew that he would love it when he actually went. Because it's like oh, home, you know, like spun or whatever. <laughs> and I think he, he bought one and his wife bought one. Uh-huh. And I think he promised that he was going to wear it at PMQs. Uh-huh. So keep an eye out. Yeah, build up for. For Christmas or something. He should wear it PMQs after Scottish questions. One, yeah. One time, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, listen, we're rambling, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, let's finish with I Love Your Questions, which sounds like this. I can make it work. I love your questions. I love your questions. I love your questions. I've given up promising to do new jingles because it never happens. Um, I love your questions. Last week, or two weeks ago, Drew Hendry of the SNP set a question for you, Danielle, which was, what's the most boring and pointless thing you've been asked to do? Which is a strange sort of question, it's fair to say. I think he means politically in your political life, but, you know, it could mean anything, really. I I really don't know. I, I think... You're not allowed oh. to say come on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really don't know because everything, everything is very, very new. So it's quite yeah. interesting to me. Um, so this wasn't boring. It was a huge amount of fun. And I don't know if anyone actually asked me to, but probably was slightly pointless. But I was at a surgery once in a library mm. during the school holidays. Mm. And a few people had come in and then it was really quiet. So the kids were doing a... Um, like a fun obstacle course around the library with a space hopper and I'd, I'd went in to just see what they were doing and the librarian had asked me to write the scores up on the board right. but I found that a bit boring yeah. so then the kids asked me to do the obstacle course with them okay. so I ended up on a space hopper hopping around my local library um, with I think a bandana on and one of my shoes off <laughs> and that, that was really good fun What sort of a library is this? <laughs> that sounds the opposite of boring and pointless Yeah, it was pointless, an animal but agents yeah. but no, that was oh, really yeah, good fun yeah, probably a bit pointless, but good fun. Um, I didn't know they had animal agents in Scotland. Um, I thought it was just an English thing. Uh, my son got his uh, animal agent certificate yesterday for doing the reading challenge. Mm. Well done him. Um, have you got a question for next week's guest or two weeks' time's guests? Uh, I don't know who it's going to be yet. Uh, yeah, I can't really say. I'm hoping to get Jamie Stone for the last one before Christmas because apparently he appears in panto. Oh yeah, and that would be nice. I, I like Jamie. Um, we we had our maiden speeches. He he did his oh, okay. just before mine. Oh okay. So I feel a, a special sort of weird cross party bond with Jamie. Um, but it's not going to be him in two weeks, unfortunately. So uh, have you got a a random question for whoever might be the guest in two weeks' time? Uh, oh, might be Neil Gray actually. It what, might well be Neil Gray. What book has changed your political outlook and why? Wow, good one. You obviously like the library, right? Yeah, I do love a library. What's your answer to that? No, my answer? Yeah. Um, probably a book I read when I was quite young, The Colour Purple, which okay. is one of my favourite books. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, you got any answers on that one, Julia? That's a good question. Well, I was just thinking, and I could only think of really boring things like Down and Out in London and Paris. Oh, well, that's fine. It's a classic. Is, uh, yeah. Um, actually, I read a book quite recently about... Um, undocumented Chinese 
migrant workers in the UK and that actually changed a lot of perspectives because, for example, it described Soho. This was all written about 2004, but it yeah. described how basically people weren't being paid in the Chinatown restaurants in yeah. Soho. And uh, that's a very tangible thing that you walk past every day. So yeah. that was interesting for me because it made me realise that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, okay, uh, it does sound good. Maybe not. Maybe not stocking filler that one. No. Maybe go for the gender agenda or the uh, Jeremy Corbyn yeah. album. Um, okay, listen. Thank you to Julia, see, uh, and thank you to Danielle. Um, yeah, next week there'll be a Brexit breakdown podcast with uh, Labour donor and Lever John Mills. Find out what his best-selling product is from his weird JML catalogue and uh, and his views on Brexit. Um, and in two weeks, we'll be back with a Political Yeti's Politics podcast. Um, you can get me at Political Yeti on Twitter, politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email, or my website is james-miller.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>